today is, starts with Matthew 5, 21 through 22. <clears throat> you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone to, who says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Now 33 through 37. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but keep the oaths you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. Simply let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Anything beyond this becomes from the evil one. And that will um, be reading from James 3, 1 through 12. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal, or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and it's itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men, who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Alrighty. Well, as you can probably tell today, um, based on the title of my sermon and the scriptures that we read and the children's sermon, we're going to talk today about the words that we use. And if you'll remember, we are in a Lenten series right now, dealing with the areas where we as God's people still fail because we're human beings. And we need to continue to seek God's grace to help us be more and more like Jesus. And as I mentioned to the kids, there is this old saying that says, Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And that's a load of rubbish. It is an utter load of rubbish. Any of us who have been around long enough are well aware of how badly words can hurt. Sometimes words hurt worse than physical pain, depending on the situation. It's interesting, I think, that within the scriptures where we find Jesus addressing the sins of the mind, because again, if you remember last week, we started with 
the, the beginning of conquering these sins is starting in the mind. We have to let God have control of the way we use our mind to begin with. And where Jesus is talking about anger and lust and these other things that begin in the mind and in the heart, we also find worked in there the sins of words spoken to do harm. That's the reason why we have a little bit of repetition in the scriptures this week. If the mind is where sin and hurtfulness is conceived and created, then the mouth is the gun through which the hurtfulness of the mind is most often unleashed. As we look at our scriptures today, we can get an idea of how hurtful words can be. And Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount makes clear the origin of hurtful words and his brother James in his epistle makes clear their destructiveness. So, as I said, I kind of repeated some scripture this week, and a lot of it's because what seems to be clear here, at least to me, is that Jesus is making the point that words of anger and hurt naturally spring forth from angry and hurtful thoughts. We say angry and hurtful things because we let angry and hurtful things ruminate in our brain. The other point on words that Jesus talks about is the issue of lying and the truth. Words do not necessarily make a thing true. And in times past, and even in our courts today, what do they do when they bring someone in? They say, do you swear to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God. They make you swear on God's name. And Jesus actually discourages that because oath speaking is in vain. And why is this? Well, first of all, he goes through this explanation that generally the things that people swore upon were things related to God, either God himself or talking about Jerusalem or the temple being like God's footstool, the heavens being where God resides and and things like that. And he basically says, look, you can... Swear something to the moon and back, and if it's not true, it's still not true. Saying it's by God or by heaven or by Jerusalem or the temple, if it's a lie, it's still going to be a lie. So, and if you tell the truth, then all that oath speaking doesn't really matter because you've said what's true anyway. So, where we're getting into here is issues dealing with truth and lies. And these things are interrelated, hurtful words and lying, because if we read the news enough, which I try not to do too much anymore, what we find is lying hurts people. It destroys reputations. It destroys people's lives and families. Lies cause real damage to people's lives. And Jesus is very clear that anything other than the truth, he says, let your yes be yes, and your no be no, in other words, the truth, anything else is, he says, from the Satan, the evil one, the deceiver. In the Gospel of John, Jesus refers to the devil as the father of all lies. So see, this is why he would say, anything other than the truth is from the evil one, because it's a distortion 
of reality, a manipulation to try to get something the way you want it to be. Because when people lie, people lie in order to benefit in some way. Maybe the benefit they're trying to drive is hurting someone. Maybe they're trying to make money. We, we've seen in the last 20 years the downfall of many businesses because of lying in business. People that are not honest in business and um, I think Bernie Madoff is still in prison. I know that was probably 10, 15 years ago. But uh, people who distort the truth for benefit, it causes damage. And, and we can see the damage it caused. We had a long recession in many ways as the result of, of lies because people lied. Millions of people lost jobs. Houses were foreclosed on. So lies do cause damage. Jesus' brother James in his letter, the book of James. And uh, the book of James is kind of a favorite of, of Methodists because when some Christians try to say, oh, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you know Jesus, it's like, well, if you know Jesus, James would say, if you know Jesus, then you should behave like it. And that's a lot of what, uh, what James is about, is saying, look, we can say we believe in Jesus all we want, but if we don't act like someone that believes in Jesus, then, I mean, James even says the demons in hell know who God is, and they're afraid to death. James describes the tongue as a flame that can set the world ablaze, and it's true. If we think about the destruction that hurtful words and, and lying can do, it's very true. When I think about the situation in our world today, and one of the things I'll kind of throw out there, if you notice that, you know, those of you who are friends with me on Facebook, I'm not, you know, not everybody has Facebook, but those of you who are friends with me on Facebook, I've gone inactive on Facebook for Lent because I'm giving up social media for Lent. And I can already feel in two weeks, I feel so much happier and better for it. And I'm not sure if I'm ever going to go back. But if, if any of you who are on Facebook at all know that no one has a personal mute button anymore. Whatever somebody thinks they bleh, spit it out onto whatever social media platform of their choice is. And those of you who have seen it, people get to arguing and it can get pretty ugly. Social media in particular has gotten particularly mean-spirited. And I, I hate to say this, but uh, it grieves me and it makes me sad, but it's, it's the truth. In the last... Six months, the worst place I have seen for social media is the Illinois Great Rivers Conference of the United Methodist Church's Facebook page. As we built up to this big general conference in St. Louis, the things that were being said back and forth on our denomination's Facebook page was the worst out of anywhere. I, I mean, I could go to any secular Facebook page and it'd not be anywhere near as bad as a church group. That's awful. That's wrong. Our previous election, this last general conference, all of these things are examples of how nasty 
And, and this is regardless of political persuasion, theological persuasion, because it's on all sides, how nasty people can get with their words. People are sent to prison today for lies that are spoken against them, and people go to prison for the lies that they say. I'm also reminded, especially with the children that are here today, of the, stat, the sad truth and statistics of the impact of lying, or I'm sorry, of, of bullying in schools today. And sadly, the number of children that end up taking their lives because of bullying. Anyone who says that words can't hurt must be very sheltered. And as I said, some of the worst out there are supposed to be Christian. Jesus' brother James says, this shouldn't be so. And it's right. He's right. He says, out of the same mouth, we pray to God and then say terrible things against our friends and family members. And it's not right. Jesus says of hurtful words that we should go and make it right with our brother or sister. If we have hurt someone with our words, we should go and make it right. Do, do what is necessary. Our blurb for today says, be careful with your words. Once they are said, they can only be forgiven and not forgotten. It's very true. And I, I know this from my life of horrible things have been said to me that I can never forget them. I can forgive. And that's one of the things that might be a topic for another sermon series is you, forgiveness and forgetting are two different, two different things. And I've had some people uh, in our churches talk, ask me about that before. If, if you have to forget to truly forgive, and no, I, I, don't, I don't believe that. So, because there are some cases you won't forget. And, but the comfort is that you can forgive. And you can be free of that pain. But we need to, in the cases where we have caused hurt, we need to be willing to go and seek out those we have hurt to make things right. Anyone who has lied for personal gain at another's expense needs to let the truth be known and repay what is owed. Because Jesus also says the truth will set you free. Sometimes the truth is hard, but it's easier to live with the truth than a lie. Seek out those who are the victims of words and lift them up and don't let them be a victim anymore. If you have been a victim, let forgiveness in your heart and don't let the violence continue. God gave us mouths to bless others and worship and praise him. Open yourself to God's saving grace that your words may be used to build, strengthen, help, and heal. And with God's help, all of us can do that. Amen.